When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows, a new door can change the look, the feeling, and vibe of your home. Plus, it can add value and make your home more energy efficient. Now is the time to your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That is PellaOmaha.com. And the podcast is brought to you by my friends at Runza. You know, listeners of the show know that I'm a hip-hop fan. That's why when it's time to get my lunch game right, I crank up the Runza DMC, which stands for Runza Delicious Meaty Combo. I get my cheese Runza game right, get a little fries, and then I polish it off with a pop colder than the ice in Scott Frost veins. That's the Runza DMC, the Delicious Meaty Combo. Get to Runza today. Get yours. Tell them your friend Nick Baugh sent you. All right, today's podcast is a special one. It is the debut of my new series uh, with Bo Root, former Husker linebacker. Husker Classic Recaps. With Nebraska fall season canceled, there's a huge Husker football void in everyone's heart right now, and we're going to fill that void with 13 weeks of classic Husker football games on the pod. The schedule of the 13 classic games is out. Make sure you go uh, check that out on my Twitter and Facebook pages. Each week, uh, former all Big 12 Husker linebacker Bo Rude, my best friend, and I will uh, we'll, we're going to watch a classic Husker game and then recap it on the pod. And we get it started on this episode with a classic 1997 number 1 Nebraska at Missouri incredible game incredible finish Bo Rude and I break it all down so here we go Husker classic recaps 97 Nebraska at Missouri enjoy before DVR and YouTube and DVDs and the internet provided us with games and highlights at our fingertips you had VHS tapes. And to get a copy of a game on a VHS tape was kind of challenging and somewhat rare. If you think about it, oftentimes games would come and go, and the only thing you had was the memory of them. I had a shelf in my basement in Lincoln, Nebraska, with VHS tapes. And while the majority of them were Michael Jordan films, like Airtime, Come Fly With Me, and Michael Jordan's Playground, I did have one VHS tape of a football game that meant the world to me. Now, if you know me, I was a really superstitious athlete. Same pregame meal, same song before each game, same shirt, same underwear, same socks. I tried to do everything the same before a game because at the time, I truly felt like those things brought me good luck. There was one routine that involved that VHS tape in my basement. My junior year playing football as a starting quarterback at Lincoln Southeast before every single game that season, me and my buddy, Matt Mullen, who was a starting offensive lineman, would go to my basement and we'd pop in that VHS tape 
and we'd watch the fourth quarter and overtime to get us pumped up. That game was the 1997 Nebraska-Missouri game. It wasn't a national title game. It wasn't number one versus number two. It wasn't a bowl game. It wasn't even a conference championship game. But that game had all the ingredients of what I love about Nebraska football and college football. The 1997 Nebraska-Missouri game shows you the unpredictability of college football. How delicate the journey of winning a championship can be. How a legend can be born on any given Saturday. How when you are the top dog, you get everybody's best shot. And how great teams, championship teams, they just always find a way to win. That game embodies all the things I love about football. And watching that fourth quarter and overtime before every high school football game ignited that part of my mentality that needed to light up to go compete. On November 8th, 1997 in Columbia, Missouri, so many things with history got etched. They say football is a game of inches. Well, that night, the inches on a shoe and a fingertip with one kick and one dive and catch created an iconic moment in Nebraska football history that will live forever, whether that's in our memories or on a VHS tape in my parents' basement. This is Husker Classic Recaps, 1997, number one ranked Nebraska at Missouri. Bo Root is sitting across from me as we dive into this thing. You, why didn't I invite you to come watch that game with me to get me pumped for every high school football game? Well, first of all, I, I'm foaming at the mouth after that read, Nick, because that was legitimate. Come on! Got me fired up here, buddy. I, I, I don't know why you, you, were, you, had a, you had your routines you had to go do, but you didn't come over and watch those games with me. I did not, I watch, did that not watch that game with you ever in high school, and I did not watch that game with you when it happened. No. Um, I do remember where I was during, when, when that game I happened. I do, too. And it, it was an incredible moment that I'll never forget. It was one of the only games that when the big play happened, I was in my basement and I ran upstairs and into my driveway and back down. <laughs> Literally, like I didn't. I don't even remember seeing if they if the, if they counted. Like I just remember taking off running. I ran too, and I, I I think, and we'll get there later. But I think everybody that's going to listen to this is probably going to have some sort of similar reaction. Because how can you not run? You can't with a game like this and the can't. moments this game had. So we're there's a lot to dissect with this game because it was on. It's on YouTube, mm -hmm. and I urge everybody. I hope, and I'm going to make sure that I tweet this out. It really would be beneficial for everyone to go back and watch these games before you listen to this podcast because there was so much about this game that even though I watched it all the time, you forget. Oh, Nick, I, I, there was majority of the game, 98% I right. had forgotten. Um, and so it was, it was thrilling to watch again. Um, but for this, for this series, this Husker Classic Recaps, it will help to watch those games like yes. we do in our normal recaps. It's fresh in your mind so that we can talk about the details, some of the minutia that will really help if you watch it because everybody totally. knows the big things, right. but the little things are what I think is, is going to be the most fun about this. So here's before we get into the game, I think it's important to set up kind of framing the game in the moment. couple of things to think about. According to Brett Musburger on the call, who was a star in this game, and I want to get into him a little bit later on, but he was he's always been notorious for mentioning the 
the spreads in games. And he mentioned Nebraska was a 29-point favorite in this game. Wow. Nebraska was undefeated, ranked number one in the country. Missouri was unranked. They were six and three, but they had won three games in a row. So they had kind of, they were kind of getting it rolling. But nevertheless, clearly, like this game had all the ingredients to be a fairly uneventful classic. Nebraska goes on the road and beats the crap out of a Big Ten or Big Twelve school, and that's it. The, in fact, heading into this game, Missouri's last win over Nebraska was nineteen seventy eight. Missouri's last win over Nebraska in Columbia was 1973. So I say all that to say there wasn't really any reason to believe that this game would unfold the way it did and become a classic game. Yeah, Missouri was not the heavyweight contender that Oklahoma had always been, that Colorado was at that time. Missouri was the team we'd been walking over for 30 years yeah we've been they they've, they've had their moments they've been good they've been bad and we've walked all over them pretty much um so nobody in their right mind thought that that nebraska team was was not gonna just do what they've been doing so i i think we all remember wrong that missouri was a powerhouse at that time in or was having a great season or great, something it's, we remember that Man, they played well. Right. That's what we remember. But th- it's pretty cool to see um, just how this game unfolded right from the jump. Well, that's it. Because so, one of the things that jumped out at me in in rewatching the game, you could feel that Nebraska was in a fight right away. This wasn't a game that that Nebraska went out and knocked them to the turf and then there was a big comeback. This was one of the games or this was a game where Missouri came out and I thought set the tone from their first drive of the game. Yeah. For their first drive of the game, they had a 13 play drive that lasted a little under 6 minutes that ended in a touchdown. They converted a third and one and a fourth and one on that first drive that that I thought set the tone. So I guess one of my things in in watching the first quarter and just in general was I I wanted to see if, okay, was this a game where you could tell where Nebraska was just vastly superior and got up big and they're like, you know, this was a fight. You could feel that it was going to be one of those days right away. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a heavyweight boxing fight where the, the underdog you're, you're expecting to get punched, punched around a little bit. He came out and swang and hit somebody hard, and everybody in the arena went, we're getting our money's worth tonight. And, and that's exactly what happened. Missouri came out fighting. They took the first swing. I, I kind of – my memory served me wrong today. I thought Nebraska just played bad for three quarters. But Nebraska turned around and ran it right down their throat. Right. So this game – started out way more as an immediate shootout even though they were running and they were throwing play action passes it was a shootout in a sense yeah the final score is 45 38 yeah. in ot and but yeah. i loved how nebraska responded in frosco's diving into the end zone and i about stood up on the couch this morning well yeah you're right i mean because the because <laughs> again like we said the first first series for missouri 13 play drive run it right back down their throat and then Nebraska gets stuffed their first two downs, first and second play of the game. And then they, on third and eight, first third and eight of the game, they run an option 
and pick it up. And you immediately, all these those those feelings start firing in your head like, oh yeah, on third and long, Nebraska runs the football. It's as good as a, it's as good as a deep out. <laughs> it's a third and long run option. I but, mean, but you're right. It was a great response where where Nebraska marched right back down the field and punched you right back yeah. into their throat. Like, okay, we know we're on a fight, but we're here to fight. Yeah, and it was it was physical on both sides, right? It was just you know guys just were running through tackles, and it was just physical football. It was it was fun to to like to bring back some of that option option football going both ways. Yeah, because because Corby Jones ran some option as well. I would say before you know we'll get into kind of the the nitty gritty of the stuff when we get into the second half. I guess from a broad sense, the one thing that was interesting because you brought it up how it was a shootout. There was this the fact that the 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 they gave on on the the TV broadcast that Nebraska's defense had only given up one touchdown in the last three weeks. Yeah. So Nebraska's defense was rolling it, and man, you watch it. I mean, it's it, it, I mean, it, people know by now. I mean, it was Jason Peter, Grant Wistrom, Jay Foreman, Mike Rucker, Mike Brown, Ralph Brown. Brown yeah. Like these are some pros, some great players. And if we're called like it is, Nebraska's defense kind of struggled for the majority of that football game. Well, so so from watching it, and this was why it's so fun to have, you know, I have, I actually watched it on my computer because you can pull up YouTube and you can, you can rewind and fast forward really easily. So you can click boom, yep. boom, boom, rewind five seconds, five seconds. So you can rewatch a play, rewatch a play, fast forward, fast forward, you know, so you can... It's really convenient to watch it right. But I would, you know, I was watching these these defensive plays. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And it it, it was all the play action passes play, okay. or Corby Jones scrambling. So right. uh, for whatever reason, our linebackers, I think, were were in man coverage and they just couldn't they couldn't like stay on their guy with the fakes. They were going for these fakes. They were worried about Jones optioning and Missouri players were running wide open all game on their pass routes. So it was mostly guys the linebackers were supposed to be covering. Yeah, they weren't necessarily... What was interesting it was... You'd think what leads to great play action is you're getting gashed on the ground. Missouri, Not, Missouri no. wasn't really gashing Nebraska with straight-up yeah, ISOs so, and all that stuff. It, and they didn't really overpower us, which no. I, I, I think that's another thing to remember. Is I, I, I remembered wrong, like, oh, they were getting the best of us. That's not the case. Corby Jones essentially was playing out of his mind. He he elevated to a, a level that um, I don't think anybody at the time had seen him go to. But that was that was the game that he took it to the next level and he put that team on their back. And it was either him scrambling or nice play action plays that he set up, and he made it all happen. I mean, I, I and I don't want to step on stuff for later on, but like. You can make a case the best player on the field that night was Corby Jones. He's up there. He's up there with who, I mean, who played the best. It's hard to argue against that him. guy played a whale of a game. Yeah, and, but but you're right. So I guess in rewatching the game, it was interesting because you know that defense was really good, but that, that they had a rough day. And but it was in a weird way. It was all play action. Yeah, and it was all Corby Jones. Uh, maneuvering out of sacks or or run into he was he he played great, 
But I think that's one of the the beauties of great teams, and we do this all the time. I, I, we joked last year with the, with our recap pods of the current f- team of every game we wanted to play the blame game. It's like it was the offense's fault. It was the defense's fault. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what a team does? It's when one side needs you to step up, the other side, you know, like they do that. And, and it was a game where you could tell early on that the offense was going to have to score, yeah. you know, and I thought that was interesting. What offensively, the couple of things that jumped out at me, I couldn't believe the physicality of Nebraska's runners from Amon Green to Joel Makovica to Scott Frost. Those guys are some rough, tough, hard nosed runners. They were falling forward. They were running dudes over. It was, the, I guess that was the thing that blew me away. At the end of the first quarter, I found myself going like, holy shit, Nick, are it, these guys tough Nick, to tackle? People rarely ran out of bounds. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this is like what you forget about smash mouth football is these guys at the time, you know, Amon's six foot one, 230 pounds. Frost is 6'2", 235. is 5'11", 245, and they are running fast and hard right through you. And mean. And mean every single play. And so you you got the pipeline right just fighting in there, mauling people. And then you got those three guys, every play coming at you. Like, you want – I mean, that's why we were so good. It's like – Man, you better be ready for that team because that it's going to take everything you got to tackle those three guys every play. I, I guess that was because I wanted to get your take as a linebacker. Like, man, that seems like we know that Nebraska would be fun to play against just from the standpoint of the style and having to deal with the option the whole time. And you got big linemen, but like even doing everything right, you still got to tackle Scott Frost. You still yeah. got to tackle Amon Green. You still got to tackle Joel Makovica. Or as a linebacker, you got to take on Joel Makovica yep. and stand him up and hold your edge, or whatever. Like, and I guess my one of my the first things that jumped out of me was like, oh my god, you know, we think sometimes it's embellished. Like, tell you what, back in the day, it was these guys were physical, man, dog. Turn on that game <laughs> and tell me you want to tackle any of those cats. I mean, uh, you forget how big Amon Green looked. Oh, Amon there. Green. Looked like a monster yeah, we, out there. Yeah, we. For some reason you think like, hey, Divine Zigbo is pretty big, and you're like, no, I don't know. <laughs> you go go or boy, I tell you what, Amani Cross is a tough. It's like, dog, Amon Green was like bigger than Amani Cross, seemingly, but and faster like, than fast. Yeah. You know, like as fast as like Roy Halu was. Like, I mean, I think. I mean, the thing is like Frost too is like such a big, strong dude. And he had a great feel for for running that option. It was just like it was. You forget like how impressive it is to watch like your quarterbacks out there like just run trucking people, hammering people, yeah. dude. You know, and so because uh, then we have to also say like the offensive line, the bodies were moving. Yeah, like the the offensive line was impressive to see. So so just the whole physicality of it was was jumped off the yeah, screen. It, it it was the opposite of our defense. Missouri's defense, uh, they couldn't stop us. I, I, I mean, it yeah, felt like, uh, yeah, it felt like we were, I fe- it felt like the, you know, we, we score, we score, we score, and we're driving down. And then, then there's one moment that happens there that kind of, that, uh, 
kind of flips the game a little bit. Yeah, or I'm sure you're talking about that there's a big moment at the end of the first half. Yes. That there were a couple of big, like if you talk about turning point, momentum shifters, there were a couple. This was maybe one of the biggest, if not the biggest, to make you really, like I said, you could feel that Nebraska was going to be in a fight. But with three minutes left, Frost throws an interception. Yeah. It, to go in the three minutes left in the second quarter. So three minutes go in the first half. And the very next play, Missouri throws a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's 24-21. And you're going into halftime down. So I said you could feel it was going to be a fight. But that was probably the first moment where you're like, oh, shit, Nebraska could lose this game. Yeah, I mean, rewatching. If I wouldn't have known we won that game, right. I thought we were in big trouble because because the game felt in hand, even though Missouri was fighting and was there with us. It was a it was a shootout. Right. But that moment, that you know, Frost overthrows Newcomb. They return you know the midfield, and all of a sudden, next plays a touchdown. You you know that stadium was electric, rocking, and Missouri at that moment felt like. Okay, we got this now. Yeah, that that happened in that moment. Those two plays, and that's all you need in college football to change a game. Because I think you could feel in that moment, Missouri Missouri went from hoping to win to almost expecting to win. Yes, like, and that's one of the things we we've talked about this all the time. Like, and this is something that Nebraska usually was so good at. Like when you're the, when you're the top dog, you're the number one ranked team. The, the one of the things you have to do is eliminate all hope from who you're playing right away. Yeah. You don't want to give them any ideas like they have any – they could even dream of winning this game. And it's one thing that you're going to come out and swing and punch and fight. That's, that's all well and good. But that was a moment where all of a sudden you could feel the look on the Missouri sideline and the look on Corby Jones. Everybody was like, oh, we're winning this game. Yeah. And even – and you could so that that was a huge huge moment because I'm with you like even though it was back and forth you kind of felt like Nebraska's running the ball there's just no way Missouri's gonna be able to stop them yeah but in one moment and it was a great play call for Missouri you know you get the sudden change That's, shot at the end zone it always happens shot at the end zone and they score so at halftime it's 24 to 21 Missouri and. Now, now we pretty much – I'm not going to go in through all of the drives, but now I kind of want to go in sequential order of what was two – there were two big moments in the third quarter of this game. Yeah. So, Corby Jones on fourth down, they line up like they're going to go for it. And then Corby Jones has the ability to pooch punt. And Corby Jones goes back. Yeah. And kicks a great pooch punt. It gets down at the one-yard line. And again, keep keep in mind, Missouri's up 24-21. So now Nebraska takes over and at the shadow of their own end zone at the one-yard line. And there was another huge, huge moment that happened in this series. Yeah. So they run Makavica up the gut to try and just get some breathing room. And then... Frost runs a little play action, and they hit Bobby Newcomb on a skinny post. And Frost kind of put it on that like that. He wasn't necessarily wide open. It's a tough little window he threw. It, like Frost actually threw a great ball, and Newcomb as a freshman with the with a guy draped on his back bobbles it and catches it 
to get them out of the a big gain. It was probably a 40, 50 yard gain. It's a huge, a huge play. And then I thought uh, one of the things that was cool was Tom Osborne's known for being a great play caller. There was a there was a great play call at about midfield where they run a throwback screen pass to Amon Green. Yeah, that is just like you you just vintage To you know we're like hadn't shown it all game perfect call. But To this was part of To is he was he never got too cute he never got overcomplicated but his timing for those kind of plays. He always had that ability to just right. know when to call those plays. It was perfect. Like everything about that play call was beautifully designed. Yeah, it was perfectly. It, it was perfect timing for it. Yeah, and that allows Amon. And then Amon's just a freaking freight train. Gosh. Like I, I fell in love with Amon Green all over again in this game. But he, so he takes it down, and then Frost ends up punching it with a QB sneak. So now Nebraska has a ninety-nine yard touchdown drive. To get up 28-24. And just when you think, okay, all is right in the world, order's been restored, he, Nebraska's now, you know, because that's a pretty big swing, you know? Oh, yeah. The ensuing drive, Missouri has another, because they had one earlier, a long kickoff return. Yep. That set, that then gets them about like the 40-yard line. And... They they hit a couple of passes and then Corby Jones has an amazing scramble touchdown run. Yeah, and, and some reason like that moment. So when when Corby Jones goes airborne, something about that kind of stuck with me. I, I thought, man, I go Corby Jones number seven, Scott Frost number seven. These two dudes, the two leaders on the team, right. big Big Twelve like quarterbacks. Like, this was the shootout. And those two plays from those two guys were like, it's as much of a back and forth between two dudes that I've ever seen. Right. Like, where I'm like, wow, these guys are really freaking going at it. And I just know that the play just, it got me really excited that, like, these guys, like, if you're going to take away something from this game, it's like that those two dudes, like, Went were, were, they didn't leave anything on the field. No. And they both were, like, letting it, letting it hang out. Because that's where it was. So, you're right. I mean, because Corby Jones makes an, a, gr- a great run and he dives, and in you're, you're watching it like that's a big time answer from Missouri. Yeah, you got the number one ranked team in the country on the ropes. They then go 99 yards. You know it. Like you got to answer. Like when you're killing, when you're when you got a team like Nebraska. Think of it this uh, nowadays. If you're taking on Bama or Ohio State, like you got to answer these things. You mm-hmm. know. And, and both they, sides kept doing they it. They kept on doing it. So I just found myself in that third quarter, the 99-yard drive for Nebraska, and then Corby Jones comes back with another amazing drive and score to put Missouri up 30, 31-28. I'm like, this, this is when you couldn't text back then. This is when you get your house phone and you dial. Are you watching like, this are game? You, are you watching this game, man? Dude. You got to get to ABC right now. It's an amazing game. Four, ring, ding, 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 ding. Eight, ring, ding, 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 nine, ring, ding, ding, ding. Two, ring, ding, ding. You got to get on the rotary phone. And that's what, I mean, that's what you're having to fax. You get out the line. What's the line where you have the the telephone uh, cup? You go, Nick. But that's what, I mean, that was the moment where if, if you were, if you had Twitter, you could text. That's when you're texting your buddy, like, you watching this, dude? I mean, because it was, Missouri had to answer, and they did. 
and this is why I'm, I mean, this is such a perfect game for our first uh, Husker Classic recap because yeah. of this. It was, it was thrill. It was start to finish thrilling. There was not like a, oh, that was yeah, a boring bad quarter. It was a bad a quarter. It's just all running and three and outs. It was like, there was almost no three and outs. No, no. It was just like, boom, man. It was just a, it was a prize fight. It was great. So now the end of the third quarter, it's 31-28 Missouri. So the sun, the game kicked off at 2.30 in the afternoon with the sun out, and now the sun is setting, and it's nighttime in Columbia. That's November. Don't don't tell me about November. I, <laughs> I, I get depressed thinking about that 5 o'clock. It's oh, dark. Oh, the sunset? It's worse, it's dude. It's dark at 5 o'clock. But so the sun is starting to set, and could the sun be starting to set on Nebraska's <laughs> national <laughs> championship odds? Hey, Nick. We'll find out next <laughs> on ABC. So fourth quarter, 31-28. Chris Brown kicks a 44-yard field goal to tie it at 31. So now sets up a pretty – where we got to get like almost play-by-play, drive-by-drive of what happens here. Okay. 31-31. And now we're getting into under six minutes left in the game. Scott Frost throws an awful – Awful pass. But it, it wasn't the pass that got intercepted. It was the tip. tip. But so I always, behind. Yeah, I, I blame the receiver always. Sheldon Jackson. Is I'm much. half of Sheldon Jackson. Sheldon play action Jackson. <laughs> you'd like to, you'd like to file. You, uh, you'd like to take me to court. and uh, taking you to court for defamation of Sheldon I object. Blair. I object. <laughs> Scott Frost did nothing wrong. Now the and quote I will we prove now the with these documents and with this evidence, I have the film, and I'm going to prove without a shadow of a doubt that Scott Frost is innocent. The interception is and should always be given to play action Jackson. <laughs> Basically, I want I want to go to the U.S. District Court and have them see the case of Frost versus Shelton Jackson. I'm going to rule in favor of, of uh, Frost. Well, Frost, his footwork's bad. He throws it late. It's behind him, and the ball yeah. gets so the ball gets tipped in the air and picked off by a guy with a number two with a visor. Missouri's safety had a visor that I kind of liked. I mean, but <laughs> it's picked off by visor guys. Visor guys in the '90s were the were the, the If you, if you yeah. wore a visor in the '90s, it was like, how about Missouri's fullback? That guy. How many protein shakes that guy ate today? I mean, uh, like he was like two sixty. I mean, he was. Uh, I don't think it was just protein shakes. I think he was. Uh, he went, it up. Sizzler. He was. Uh, he went to Latimer summer camp, and I mean, I mean, that guy was enormous. <laughs> but okay, side. So Frost, whoever's fault it is, balls behind him gets huge tipped in the play. air. Huge play because then we're on we're on Nebraska's side of the field. Yes, so it sets up a short field for yeah. Missouri with with. So there's four and a half minutes left, and then Missouri scores on a play-action pass, a pick play. Perfectly yeah. executed, wide open. But once again, it's it's these play-action passes that, that for some reason, Nebraska's defense struggled with. I mean, we played so much man then. Like I, right. In the 90s, it was like four-man line, linebackers hugged, the line of scrimmage. It was like every in the box, just, it, yeah. Man up, we're going to bring the house, we're going to play, like... We forced people to not run the ball, but that's where, like, we relied on Ralph Brown, Mike Brown, these guys, like, just cover them. Right. And sometimes it gets it gets hard when you have a good enough player like, like Corby Jones. Like Corby Jones did, you yeah. know? And so that that's it. So that's a huge moment. 
interception, sets up a short field. Missouri Missouri scores in a play action pass. So now it is 38-31 with 4:30 left in the fourth quarter. And at this point, all the state of Nebraska is beginning to pee their pants yeah, a little bit. You're, you're, you're Everyone having, is like, oh my God. We're sweating. We're feeling uncomfortable. And if you haven't already peed your pants, Nebraska comes out and goes three and out on offense. One of the only, might have been the only three and out Nebraska had the entire game. In, in this sequence, so I, I forgot the sequence that got us to the last drive. So we do go three and out. We punt. And we have three timeouts, I believe. And they get a first down. They get a first down. So here's here, – because we got to get into the nitty-gritty of, of like Missouri – Nebraska had Missouri on third and inches. Third and inches. And Missouri gets a penalty of illegal substitution. Mm-hmm. So it goes from third and inches with about two minutes left to now third and five, and Corby Jones runs and converts a third and five to keep their drive alive. You think game over at that point. At that point, you go, they're going to lose this game. You really do think this is game over. There's there's no way they can, but like... It's 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 a, it's bizarre. Even when you know the outcome, you're like, you're still like, how do they win this? How game? are we going to win this when, game? When they converted, when it went from third and inches to third and five, and Corby Jones still converted it. In my head, I'm like, I know Nebraska wins this game, but how do they win this game? So finally, Nebraska stops them on third and three with a minute thirteen left, and Missouri punts the football. Newcomb catches it. Actually, has a decent little return for yeah. a second. Looked like he had some daylight and was going to make a big return. He gets it to the 33 yard line. So. Nebraska's final drive begins with a minute two left, 102 on, on the clock, zero timeouts, 38-31. And I think it's fair to say if there's a defining moment in Scott Frost's career, it's it's the moment he took the huddle for yes. that la- this last drive. Yes. That moment to me defines his career because Scott Frost was never a better Quarterback, player, leader, than than he was in in, in these totally next agree. moments because that's what leadership is all about. All right, let's take a quick break from the Husker Classic recaps pod of Nebraska, Missouri, and I want to talk to you guys about Runza because they have another top secret menu item for me to reveal exclusively to you here on the Nick Bob Podcast. Runza isn't just sponsoring the show; they're allowing me to let you in on some Runza items that you didn't know existed on their super secret menu. So here's the deal. Did you know at Runza, you can get anything on a Runza sandwich? Like I'm a cheese Runza guy, but if I wanted to, I could get pickles, mustard. I could even throw some onions on that bad boy. Anything that's in the kitchen within reason you can ask for and they'll add it. So you know what I'm thinking about doing next time I get my cheese runs a game right? I might ask for it with pepper jack cheese because I like a little kick to it. You can even change the cheese because every runza is made to order. They all start as an original with no toppings. Then they add toppings when you order, and boom, you've got a custom runza. You can't beat it. So you're welcome. That's today's super secret menu item for my friends at Runza. The build your own Runza. Get into Runza today. Get one that's just for you and tell them Nick Baugh sent you. And while we're here, let's talk about Pella windows and doors. And again, even though we're, we're in the midst of the pandemic, Pella can safely make sure that 
they are safely serving your window and door remodeling dreams. They can make it happen. They are following CDC guidelines and taking safety extremely serious to give you the peace of mind that when you're inside the Pella showroom or Pella employees are inside your house, everyone is safe. And they are even offering temporary special financing options, safety, check, potential savings, check. So now is the time. I'm sure you've been cooped up in your house and you've realized that your windows need some updating. Make it happen. Add value to your home. Make your home more energy efficient. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, back to Husker Classic Recaps, 97, Missouri, Nebraska. Enjoy. Right and, and we're going to get into this later on with, with kind of putting a bow on this game. I don't want to step on it too much. But as much as we talked about this game being a legacy game for Davison, you know, I mean, he becomes a legend. So defining – this changes Frost's career in a lot of ways. This is the Frost – this, this is, is the, the Frost, Frost game. game. What, if, I mean – in this series, we're going to talk about the national championship game. I don't think it compares. To me, this moment that we're about to talk about, this is his moment. This is the moment that all the, 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 the you, naysayers, you, the naysayers yeah. you left us. Uh, the Arizona we don't want State you 19 back. to nothing the year before. Yeah. And you don't like. Get in booed. You know, people were down on his throwing motion. Right. There's a lot they were criticizing with, and Frost handled it all. And it built up to this to moment. this moment. 38-31, 102 left, zero timeouts. First play, what happened? The first play of the game is arguably the biggest play of the game. 27-yard gain. Kenny Cheatham down the right sideline. Was it an out and up? I couldn't see I it. I couldn't see I think it was an out and up because he, he rolled right and it looked like he went over the top of somebody. It is maybe the best ball of Frost's career. It's a perfect pass. And you had to have it because there's a minute. You need no, a big chunk. No timeouts. You got a minute and they get their big chunk. They get their big. So because everybody thinks, you know, if you know Nebraska, they're a running team. Frost isn't a great passer. You think they got to go 70 yards, 67 yards in one minute with no timeouts. This is looking pretty bleak. If you're Missouri, you cannot let that play and happen. Cheatham, Frost puts the ball on the money and Cheatham tight ropes the sideline and makes a great catch. Yeah, gets that foot in. So, it goes, so the ball goes from the 33-yard line, flips the field. Now they're at the 40-yard line. Mm-hmm. Pause for a second. Because before we continue with not only that play, but then the next play, and then obviously the big play, one of my main takeaways from this drive was the importance of the calls from the refs on the field. Because there was no replay. There was no challenges. Whatever it was called on the field was what it was. Cheatham's unbelievable catch. I could see how in the moment an official could go incomplete. Because he had to he had to tightrope and get his foot in right foot in bounds. And then what happens on the next play? I had completely forgotten about. 
Scott Frost. Was this the p- almost pick? Almost pick. I. It looked like a pick. Bo, you're talking to – we're Nebraska born and, born and bred. I, I love the Big Red. I think Missouri intercepts this pass. A ball gets bat tipped at the line of scrimmage, and a linebacker then dives to go get it. And I'm telling you, it looks like the Missouri linebacker caught that football. I looked at it a couple times, and I couldn't tell if it wasn't caught. But there was one angle where it looked like the ball was was coming loose afterwards. But, Nick, there was never... Uh, an angle that they showed us the on the TV. So maybe the refs saw it, and, and, and let's hope that's the case. But from the, the the small angles I saw, I'm glad there was no challenges. Exactly. I mean, or that they didn't, that they didn't the call. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, let's say they – because we see it all the time now with replay, how much these officials do kind of make mistakes, how much they could have seen the Cheatham sideline oh. catch and got incomplete. What's a catch and what's not a catch? Like, you, even in super slow-mo, most times you can't actually do so. Or the Missouri linebackers tipped interception. It's close enough. All I'm saying is it's close enough to where you could have called it an interception on the field. So we're going to finish this thing talking about a lot of these little inches, a lot of these little things. A national title, and we got a little half a millimeter. That's the difference. And that's that's this game. This is that game. So that was the thing that I was like, that was probably the, you know, there's always that one play that you completely forgot about. That was the play. Cool. I went, what? Yeah. But so. But that's what we're here to remind people. But that's what we're here to Like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. So then, so it's called incomplete. Then Frost hits Davison on a little comeback. And then Frost hits Cheatham twice on two little comeback routes. Yeah. And they're, and they're continuing to, to kind of plod their way down the field. Then Frost tries to throw a little comeback route to Davison right at the goal line that, that Davison wanted. He thought he, he got pass interference. Yeah. It was close. Uh, but it's called incomplete. So we're setting the stage for the last... Was, how many seconds left? So there's seven seconds left. Okay. And it's the play. It is... And I want to do a whole podcast about this. To me, it is one of the... There are three iconic plays in Nebraska football history. There's Johnny Rogers' punt return in 71. There is Stunts to Crouch in 2001. And then the Flea Kicker, whatever they want, the Shevin the Wiggins yeah. kick touchdown. Seven seconds left. Frost, you see him go through his progression, surveys the field. He starts left. Works his way to the middle. Really put a pretty good ball on Wiggins. Was was going to be right on his chest. Yep. He gets hit as the ball gets to him. And somehow, how he falls, his foot comes up, kicks the ball, and somehow Matt Davison sticks with the play, pursues it, and 1,000% catches it in the end zone. Third down. Frost to the middle.
he finds he finds a finger size height underneath the ball to get his fingers underneath that thing and keep it off the ground, which I, it's unbelievable reaction time. I'm talking like you, like a one one hundredth of a second to make that like boom, yes. like you got to boom be down there. I mean, it's it's an incredible reaction time. And just awareness to just keep moving towards the play as something might happen. Because as much as people want to chalk that play up to kind of the luck of the bounce, you still Matt still's got to make a play. He made an I mean unbelievable play. Matt still got to be pursuing it, and like you said, be able to identify it. I think it helped in a weird way. It was going end over end. Like, I think yeah. sometimes it's easier to spot. It's easier to – like, the ball was going end over end, yeah. so it was easier for him to see it. But just – you've seen the play a million times. It's it's just unthinkable that that's how a game and a national championship can be decided off of that, basically. Like, th- that that play was – that was that's our it. season. That's the season. Because at that point, it would they would have been – that would have been the end of their national championship opportunities. Okay, and you also tell me this. You heard a story about before that play was called, correct? Yes. Scott Frost to Larry the Cable Guy in a Cruising with the Huskers series that they've had online told an unbelievable story that on that play, Coach Osborne wanted to run an option. And... Frost and Turner Gill talked T.O. out of running an option and said, hey, let's we can get in two plays. Let's take two shots we, at the seven field. Seven seconds, you can get in two plays. So get Frost, in two plays. Frost and Gill said, let's, let's throw them. Yeah. And so Frost tells the story of that when he throws it to Wiggins and it gets kind of kicked in the air, his eyes immediately went to the <laughs> clock and trying to get to the – to Call it, to, yeah. To, to, to try and figure out how to wait to – the and the ball gets kicked in the air and caught, and he was more worried about how much time was maybe going to be on the clock. And the Missouri clock operator, of course, just let it let it roll. Homered, baby. We would have got homered. But instead, because that that extra kick, that I mean, the time it, it cost that much more time. But it, I, when you first told me that, I was amazed that we were going to run out run an option. But but that's kind of TO for you though. Like if he believes in what like he's seeing with something. And even Frost said the base the base they'll run an option out of the shotgun and he said they would have like the way they lined up, they had it schemed. I believe it. I, <laughs> I do too. too. I believe it. But so again, so to tie it all back together is like again, the importance of how something's called on the field. You could have easily. Again, you're a ref, you're in Columbia, Missouri, it's got to be tempt I mean if you don't know, it's got to be tempting to call it incomplete. Hey, the, the like you said, the the clock operator was going to air towards run, letting it out. roll. Yeah, but so there were a couple of Cheatham's play along the sidelines. Close, he was definitely in, but it was close. Yeah, Missouri gets a tip ball at the line. A linebacker almost picks it off. It was close. It was called incomplete, and then Wiggins kick, Davison's catch, touchdown was close. And they got the call. But the game's not over. But it's not over. Because that sends it to, oh, because that's somebody was like, oh, that won the game. No, it didn't. No, the game was tied. Chris Brown kicks it to tie it. And now it's overtime. And this is the classic, like, I wish I could have captured what I felt in the moment of, 
I wonder what the, the odds of Nebraska losing when it went to OT felt like it would have been like zero. Oh, I mean, if you went to Vegas, like, ding, ding, Vegas I mean, was like, <laughs> oh my God, the numbers are going crazy here. It's a, it's a hundred to one I mean, Nebraska. Seriously, because like, all moment, you could see how the wind was taken out of the sails of Missouri. I, I think whatever, you know, you know, raw meat those guys usually eat on the Nebraska offense and defensive lines. I think they basically were like rabid dogs. It was, it was like you, you gave them new life. Like, okay, now it's time. To me, it would almost be like, you know what? When you're watching a UFC fight and a guy gets caught and he goes down and a guy gets on top of him and really like lets loose with a whole bunch, like a flurry. It was, it felt like, it felt like Nebraska was getting on top of Missouri and they were going to end it. Yeah. Missouri was just like trying to not get knocked out, but it was, they knew what was coming. So then Nebraska starts with the football in overtime. They run an, um, they run the option, green pitch, big game. They run uh, an ISO to Amon Green, pretty big gain. It gets down to, I think it was the 12-yard line. And they run another option. Frost navigates it perfect. Got number 14. Made a great seal block right at the end. Yeah. So for Frost to cut out and get to the pylon, touchdown. Uh-huh. And then Nebraska's defense comes out and is just, like we said, they are like Mike Rucker, Wistrom, Jason Peter, those guys – you you could have lined up anybody and they were going to maul him over. And the game ends with a convergence of P- Jason Peter, Grant Wistrom, and Mike Rucker sacking simultaneously Corby Jones. I mean, you know, they probably before the play started, they said, meet you at the quarterback. Honestly, it was just like, boom. Because it was Jason lit his guy up. Grant was immediately blowing up his guy in the backfield. And so was Rucker. And it ends with Rucker getting the football, running down the field, holding it up. Ball game. Mm-hmm. 45-38, Nebraska escapes Columbia, Missouri with a win. Unbelievable. I mean, incredible game. Just start to finish, it was just thrilling. Two things before we get into our uh, – we have some awards that we're going to hand out for this game. Two things I want to get into. Um – I brought it up. Brett, Mer- Brett Musburger was incredible. <laughs> he was so... It, it, not only was he money in the big moment, he was just great throughout the whole game. I would put that like... If he has a, a resume, I don't know how that's not his... Like, this is my best game. I want you guys to watch my best game I ever called. It, it's got to be up there. Because the, the final call... I'm not a play-by-play guy. I'm an analyst, but I know how play-by-play people, play-by-play guys think. And when you're sitting there with your headset on and you're calling what would be an iconic upset, derail Nebraska's chances at winning a national championship, I mean, it's the ga- it would be the game of the, of the day and maybe the season. You want to make sure you nail the call and you're probably ready to nail it for Missouri. Yep. And the fact that Musburger was able to stick with it before he... Because a lot of play-by-play guys, it would have been Frost to the middle, juggled, incomplete, and Missouri's going to give... You know, yeah. they, would have, they would have wanted to get into the Missouri winning call. The incomplete Missouri, yeah. The incomplete Missouri call. But the fact that he stuck with it... Juggle, I mean, juggled, juggled diving. Juggled diving catch. It is... Frost to the middle, frost to the middle, juggle diving, 
caught touchdown Nebraska. Oh. Davison on the deflection. Nebraska's a point away from tying the game. It is just like an incredible call. It's an incredible – it's very – you don't get a ton of times where the, the call meets the play. Like, it was an unbelievable play, and the call was ever bit as good as the play was. It's, it's a, it was a perfect marriage is what it was. It was a perfect one. And then the other great line he had at the start of overtime – after they had kind of replayed the kick and all that stuff, and he and Musburger says, Tom Osborne better renew that Adidas shoe contract. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's a great line. Because he was on fire that night. He was on. He dude. was on fire. He was on fire. So that was one observation. The second observation. Again, some of these things you, you think maybe get uh, embellished over time. I couldn't believe how stoic and calm Tom Osborne was the whole game. We, we say that, right? Like, I tell you what, you know it was just calm and cool and collected was T.O. Bo, every shot of him, chewing gum. He was chewing gum for the first half. Of the show. He was just chewing gum, totally calm. Like, when I say he never once looked remotely worked up, not one time, I couldn't believe that it's a gift that's who that's that was one of his gifts he just had it he i mean in the big moments in the fourth quarter minute left any shot of him in the sun totally calm totally cool totally collected mm -hmm. so those were two observations oh, i wanted God, to love it. it okay uh we got a couple of uh we got some uh, like final awards we're going to hand out with this series with some different categories and then we'll get into kind of the lasting legacy of uh of the game first award to hand out the unsung hero of the game. I think in all reality, and this is an unpopular thing to do, you know the unsung hero of the game was? It was Corby Jones. <laughs> Corby <laughs> Jones was awesome. I, my, beyond anything else, I would say one of my pre prevailing takeaways was like, oh my God, did Corby Jones play the game of his life? Hey, on the first Husker Classic, we got to give Corby Jones, we got to give a Missouri guy the unsung hero. He was incredible, though. He played he the awesome. game of his life. He was 12 of 20, passing 233 yards, three touchdowns. He had 21 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. And the dude was just a stud he for the entire stud. game. I mean, he was really good. I, I, I mean, he looked like Randall Cunningham out he, there. He was the MVP if Frost and Davidson don't make the play. Yes. I mean, there, there's no question. Everybody goes, Corby Jones played the game of his life. And, I mean, he put that team on his back. And, I mean, he did it. The, the, the problem is, is we won. Yeah, you got to win. We did it. Frost, Frost makes the drive. They make the play. Huskers win. So I'm not going to give my unsung hero to Corby Jones, but do you I, want me to give – do you have one? I've who, got the unsung hero for Nebraska, me. Nick. Who okay, is Who is it? you got to go Amon Green. Okay? And here's why. Dude had 30 carries. 30. 30 carries, 189 yards, and then he had two catches for 48 yards. So you're looking at, you know, you're well over 200 total yards – and just solid, no fumble. I mean, just played a really solid game. And that was kind of that guy's whole career. He wasn't the flashiest no. runner. He kind of had a nondescript style of running. He's big and he had beautiful running form. Like oh. He had the track running for him. Yeah. But he just, he ran hard and he ran through tackles, but it was always very like slashing up the field. Right. He wasn't a wiggle side to side guy. Because I wanted to talk about this earlier, but we got sidetracked. The thing that was amazing was. 
He played the whole game. Carell Buckhalter came in and had one carry. Other than that, Amon, so like, like 30 carries. This was also something, too. We've developed this thing in this world where it's like, well, you can't give a guy this many. You got to spread it. I'm like, ah, oh, bullshit. If you, you got a stud, keep him in the game and give him the ball 30 times. You can't elevate. You can't elevate unless you're out there all the time. You know, it's like it's like NBA basketball. Like, if the guy's not going to have an unbelievable game, he comes out every three minutes. You know, well, like, I just, I've always felt like, and, and, like, to stay with the basketball analogy, I'd rather give one guy th- 25 minutes than, than break those minutes up to three different guys. Yeah. Because you're just not going to get enough out of all three, whereas one, you're going to get enough, like, especially as a rewer, you are a running back, you need, you need carries to get into a rhythm yeah. and to get into a flow of things. But, For sure. But, but I think that that's was... That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, Amon, I mean, very uh, unsung because you don't even think about in this game. It's like... Dude, at 200 yards, 200 plus yards on the ground and through the air. It's like, that's a heck of a game. My, so I'm not going to get my unsung hero to Corby Jones because that is like sacrilege for the He very, needed to be, he needed to be mentioned though. Like yeah. that dude needed to get some love. My unsung hero, and it might be a little prisoner of the moment of the end of the game, but nevertheless, you, it mattered. My unsung hero is Kenny Cheatham. Kenny Cheatham makes yeah. the biggest, arguably the biggest catch of the game, the one along the sidelines. He makes two other catches on the final drive. He had a grand total of five catches for 54 yards. And so, now Nebraska obviously didn't do a ton through the air. They never really did. But without Cheatham on that final drive. that fir- The first play, is bad. I mean, that first play, like you said, that was, that was, we, it gave us the chance. That's it. So, okay. So that was an unsung hero. Stat of the game. Do you have something? Because I had, I had another. I just remembered something. But do you have a stat of the game that you wanted to? Because I think that's something that's always interesting to go. Yeah. Look at so the box so score. I kind of hit on a little bit earlier, but I was really focused. I, I watched the defense closely, and Missouri did have 150 rushing yards, but it was on 46 carries, right? Right. Um, and a lot of those were scramble yards. So they really didn't get ran on very much, but they had 233 um, yards in the air and a, and a bunch of touchdowns. That that was the issue to me in the game was Nebraska's defense, they couldn't handle the play-action passing game. So that 233 yards on uh, 20 attempts from Missouri, I thought was like... That's a good. That's that a great it, point. It was kind of maybe not what... It doesn't stand out as much, but for but it, what Nebraska had been giving up to that point in the seat, like they were giving up nothing and they gave up quite a bit through the air. Well, cause that's the thing I would say it's a good, it's a good stat of the day stat of the game. Because if you would go, how did Nebraska give up 38 points? You'd have said, well, they're getting crushed in play action. Just crushed. That was just it. every, it felt like every time they ran play action, they had success. Yeah. And, and all their running success was when they did Corey, play action yeah, or and Corey just, run, just yeah. scrambled out of there. So really, they did their job for the run game. It's just they really just they didn't have it in the play action. Through that's the perfect. That's a that's a great set of the game. I'm going to give a nugget of the game that was given in the broadcast at the start because it's not really about the game. But how about the fact? And I don't know. It's one of those sto- stats that I I found impressive. But the more we think about it, we might talk ourselves out of it being that of amazing. But did you hear at the start of the broadcast? So Nebraska had played eight games. They were into their ninth game against Missouri. I mean, it's it's November. Yeah. And Joel Makavica had not had a negative rushing attempt on the entire season. 
pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. Now, yeah. now, granted, you know, you think about it was his runs. You know, he's you know, it's just those quick hitting dives. Still, but, but still, it's pretty amazing to get to go eight games, get a, a decent, and he's not carrying it thirty times a game, but he's carrying it quite a bit, and to not have one single negative rushing attempt. God, it makes you miss Smash Mouth football. I'd love me some it? Joel McAvick. What What was our observation too about? You forget that he was a spinner. Yeah, he, spin he it. spun off that first hit. He spun off it. Yeah, he would just he would hit and spin. It was really hard. It's hard to tackle that. He was okay. So there's our stats of the game. Now this, I don't even know how to frame this, but we are <laughs> really excited about it. One thing we wanted to do because we're kind of going down memory lane, and there's some nostalgia of when these games were being played, and we wanted to capture the pop culture of the moment and tie it into the game. So if you look at the year 1997 and you look at what are two of the biggest movies in 1997, we're going to make references from those movies and tying them into the game. Your the floor is yours for <laughs> we, the first. We might do this every week, but yeah, we might bail on it. Who knows? So for 1997, this uh, this award is going to be titled the Titanic Iceberg right ahead. Momentum changing moment of the game. So I'll put it to you, Nick. The 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 uh, <laughs> iceberg right ahead. Momentum changing moment of the game. What would you say that is? I mean, that's you have you have a couple of candidates. You have the frost interception. At the end of the first half. They can't see, but I just ra- I rose my hand. So that's your, you're casting your vote for the frost interception. Yes, that was, that was my moment. But there's another couple. That- to me, you could go with the Cheatham catch that we talked about at ad nauseum. But, and maybe this is me, because I got the sense when I brought it up, it didn't stand out to you the way it did to me. I thought Bobby Newcomb's catch on in the third quarter yeah. on their 99-yard drive to get them out of the shadow of their own end zone, it was like a 40- or 50-yard gain, was a huge play. So that's here. This is, this is, that's a great point for this reason. The Frost interception was the momentum for Missouri, where the Newcomb was the momentum to get it maybe back to for Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. So... What did, you, I, did I miss a play? Is there you have another the, play? The Cheatham. The, the Cheatham would have been the other one. The Cheatham on the sideline. So I thought it was the Cheatham or the one that stuck out. It just, that interception of Frost, like when I was watching, it felt like oh, no. uh, it was the right. biggest drop of my stomach was that moment. Right. So I think those are, I think those are the candidates though. Yeah. But I just felt like, and, and there's something to your visceral reaction rewatching a game. Newcomb's bobbling catch. I screamed. Especially, it's a young freshman, Bobby oh. Newcomb. It's just like this is a freshman making a play, and it just was a huge. It was a huge play for Nebraska to have a ninety-nine yard touchdown and and make sure that they're all of a sudden because they were on the ropes, yeah, literally and figuratively there. So there you go. So those are the that's the Titanic iceberg ahead, <laughs> iceberg right ahead. Well, I'm gonna give you then. You do. You give us the the, next. the, the Jerry Maguire. You complete me moment of the game and it has to be we live in a cynical world nick cynical Cynical world shut up shut up shut up you had me at hello okay so the jerry Maguire, you complete me 
moment of the game has to be Frost and Matt Davis in the game winner. There's no argument. There can there can only be one, right? Yeah, there, especially because it's funny because Cruz and Renee Zellweger ended up like you know like yeah. getting married and 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 being in love, and it kind of felt like that was the beginning of Scott Frost and Matt Davison being attached at the hip, right? They, they completed each other. They in that completed moment. each other. Let's be honest; those two from here, I mean. Even here we are in 2020, those two guys are synonymous with each other. Davidson was, I think, Frost's best man at his wedding. Yes. And, I mean, like, that's where that was born. That connection is is something beyond football now, and it started in that moment. So so it makes sense that it's they are the, the, the Jerry you Maguire, complete you me, complete me moment you of the game. complete me. Pretty good. We're Pretty going back good. in time, folks. Pretty darn good. Okay, and then uh, MVP of the game, Scott Frost. It's got to be Scott Frost. I oh. wish I had some new. Like, actually, I think it was, I think it was Shevin Wiggins with this, but, <laughs> but I, I think it was it's Scott Frost. It's Scott Frost. He it, was. It's his defining moment. It's 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 Scott Frost taking his leadership to a level that he had never, I think, up to that point gotten to, and it was the moment that put us in the position to win the national title. That's it. And it, and it was Scott Frost. He was tough. He was clutch. It was, it was the full game. It's his number one in my book. He was, I mean, his, his stat line, he was 23 carries for 141 yards and four touchdowns. Four, four touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. And then he was 11 of 24. He did throw two picks, but he did throw a touchdown, 175 yards. And, Dude was a stone cold killer on the final drive of the game, and, he, and in oh, overtime. Yeah. And over, I mean, he, I mean, he, he put the he put our team on his back, and and he 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 came through. And it's like you just—he's got to be the MVP. And he, he's our coach at this time, right? Partly because of that moment. That's it. You're you're exactly right. So those are our final awards. And to wrap it up, the lasting legacy of this game. Because there's a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot in there. Do you want me to go first? You, you go. Wanna, I, wanna, I mean, I because, I, because I wish I could say there's one thing. And I'm not necessarily going to come with some super deep thing. But to me, there, there, are three, there are three things. The first thing we have to say, it, it, it birthed the Husker legend in Matt Davis. That's the, that's the, like, he is, you know, a lot of people joke like Davison made a whole career out of one catch. Like where well, Matt was a much, I mean, Matt, it's not like Matt didn't do shit other than that one play. Matt was guy's a baller. Guy's a baller. Is. Okay. Yeah. Great athlete, all that. But nevertheless, it's a legendary play. Yeah. So that's one. Number two, obviously is it saves a national championship and it allows for the greatest coach in college football history, Tom Osborne to, to really, right off into the sunset the right way. But the last one, we've already talked about it, and I won't re- you know, repeat all that stuff. The game, re-watching the game, for as much as it was a huge legacy game for Matt Davison, it is, it, it is a defining moment in Scott Frost's career because think about, I want you to think about he, he was Wood River, Nebraska, but he ch- didn't choose to go to Nebraska. He went to Stanford. Then he came back. There was a little bit of, yeah. Uh, 
then he, you know, they he didn't play well in the Arizona State loss in '96. They lose 19 to nothing. They don't win a national championship that year after winning back to back. People are like, "What do do we like this guy?" There's and then earlier on in that season, he got pulled in the Central Florida game yeah. and oh, got yeah. booed a little bit when he got put back in. Just as much as we all have these warm, fuzzy memories about Scott Frost, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows with him and the fan base and, and everything throughout his whole career. But this game changed everything for him. He goes from... Because if they lose that game, you could point to his two interceptions and all that as, you know, he didn't get it done, right? Everybody wants to the quarterback always gets blamed when that's happened. So he, he goes from potentially being like big scapegoat to a legend propels into a national title, and then now is Nebraska's head coach. So those, I know it's not one neat thing, but those were like the three big things with this game. Yeah, I, I think that, I think you you said it perfectly. Um, for me, it was just, it was such a fun game to watch start to finish. Oh. N- not that I didn't know it was a great game, but it was, it was truly a start to finish punch out. And I mean, rightfully in its place as our first uh, episode of the Husker Recap Classics. Totally agree. I couldn't. I couldn't. And we've given it. We've said it. Like I couldn't believe how quickly I got wrapped up into the emotion of it. Yeah. Like it didn't take a three quarters or till the end of the game. I was emotionally invested in this thing from the moment it started. And it felt good to see a Nebraska win. Oh <laughs> my god! So there you go. Forty-five, thirty-eight. Nebraska escapes Columbia, Missouri in overtime with a win. They move to 9-0, and and they go on to win the national championship that season. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. Any parting shot? Other? Do we want to – you complete me? Any other – I mean, we could have gotten that – You know what? Matt Davidson completes Scott Frost, but Nick, you complete me. You so, complete yeah. me too, my friend. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Husky Classic Week. Have a good one. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. Production.